welcome to Illumination Bureau, where we hope to enlighten you with all of the hidden stuff that you don't know about careers and creative. This is Catherine Lang Klein and Kristen Harris, and we will be your hosts. We are the co-creators of Portfolio Creative, a company that connects creative people in the marketing and advertising space. We've been doing this since 2005, and we've learned a lot of things that we want to share with you. We have so much to tell you, so let's get started. Hey, Kristen. Yes. Have you heard more conversation about hiring diverse candidates? Why, yes, I have. <laughs> um, you know, this is something that you and I have talked about for years, really, oh since gosh, we started yes. the company and, and even before, like when we both worked in, you know, corporate marketing mm-hmm. departments and so on. It's always been something we've thought about and noticed the makeup of our teams mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. But we are in the midst of a lot of conversation around you know, systemic racism and social justice and people not being treated fairly in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. And I think that just a really bright light has been, sh- you know, shining on a lot of issues. And one, you know, piece of that is how diverse companies hiring practices are. Exactly. So we are um, talking about finding diverse candidates. It is something that, as Kristen said, we've talked about for a while. Um, but we thought we would talk a little bit about some of the um, exercises that we do and um, processes we have to try and find more diversity, uh, which is a challenge for many of our clients. It's a challenge for us sometimes, too. Um, but there are things that you can do to you know, kind of change the profile of your company by just trying some slightly different things. Yeah. And it's, um, you know, like you said, we've been thinking about for a long time, but I think we realized there are more actions we can take both Mm -hmm. for ourselves and our clients. Um, And it's important and it matters, but it, you know, the reality is it does take a little extra effort. You might have to look a few extra places to get enough candidates that you want that are more diverse. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it, it does take a little extra work, but it is so worth it for the, you know, there's tons of studies of the impact it makes to have a more diverse yes. team, board, yes. anything like that. That it, the the research shows it. Like we've all seen the charts, mm-hmm. you know. So we just need to like figure out how to bring it to life. I yeah. think. I think. I think lots of people believe it, and have seen the research and say, "Yes, I get it. I understand," but they're still not quite sure how to like actually make it happen in their own company. Exactly. And I think every company, you know, wants to sell to everybody. I mean, why not? You know, it's, it helps your bottom line. Um, But you could be missing the mark on how you're communicating with, you know, all the varieties of people that we have out there. um, If you're only using the same voice that's in your own head and, um, and your whole team is a makeup of who you are, which I'm going to also start by saying, you know, that's not uncommon. I mean, I, I think yeah. the one thing that we do run into a lot and this and people see this, too, is, I mean, people hire people that are just like them. And it's because that's where they're most comfortable. Yeah. Um, or a lot of especially if you do a lot of um, referral hiring, mm-hmm. you know, people tend to know people kind of like them. I, absolutely. And so if you are getting a lot of your employees through referrals from your employees, mm-hmm. then you end up have a lot of employees that you know, know each other and, and probably are very similar, similar as far as background or whatever, you know, age group, all Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. So, um, I, I love that you said that, you know, companies want to sell to everyone, but they might not always even understand the communication. I was on a conversation recently and a designer said, I think she said she wanted to make herself a post-it note, but basically that says like, you are not your customer. Mm. She said, I have to remind myself I'm designing like a website or whatever I'm designing but it's not just for me. Right. I have to really think about the persona of who my customer is, and it might not be me at all. Exactly. 
That's, and a, that's a great way of putting yeah, it. Yeah. So like when we're talking about the creative industry, we need more voices and backgrounds and, you know, inputs because we're talking to a wide variety of people. Mm-hmm. But if our whole team looks the same, we're just talking to ourselves. Exactly. And actually, I was um, reading a book recently about um, uh, old timey advertising and things like that. And there was a lot of products that were um, that women would buy, but they always had men write the copy and do the marketing around it's it's the same sort of concept you know where it's like but if you how do you just hire some of the women to work on the dish soap or whatever you know maybe you will get more women to buy it you know but it's just um just some things that people just got really comfortable with and they just keep moving forward with it and we're, we're kind of you know saying you know you can kind of change that up a little bit if you just try different tactics as far as how you're trying to look for people and um, just kind of forget what you've done in the past because you're you're not expanding in any way. So here are some of the things that you know we do, um, that uh, or suggest to people to do to to try and find more diversity, and that's all types of diversity, you know, and not yeah. people are just different than yourself. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's we're we're talking all all categories of people, exactly. racial and otherwise, yeah, gender. I mean, everything. Yep, so age, all kinds and of things. And one of the first things that I would recommend is just you know, start thinking about the long-term goal of your company, no matter what size it is. Like, think about, like, hey, 10 years from now, I want to have a ton of diversity. That can start with the next job. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes it's super easy to, you know, you're going through the same motions of how you find a person, and you're like, well, darn it, no women applied, or darn it, no people of color applied. You've done the exact same thing that you've always done, so how do you kind of change it up a little bit? So really think about how you want the future of your company to look, and just start by really being aggressive in, or uh, maybe intentional is probably better. A little more intentional of finding who that next person is going to be in that seat in order to achieve your future goal. Yeah. And I think um, it's a good reminder that like discrimination is discrimination. So you don't want to hire someone only because of, you know, their gender or their race or whatever, or not hire someone because they're in the most common category. (laughs) Like that's, Mm -hmm. that's also discrimination. But I think the, the point of it really is if you get enough candidates to the table, some of them will be the one that you hire. Mm-hmm. And over time, you will have a more and more diverse team. Even if, you know, sometimes you hire a white male, that's okay too. Oh, like absolutely. that's not, they that's might not be a the bad thing. Absolutely perfect candidate. If, if they were the best candidate. But if you can at least make sure your interview group is diverse, mm-hmm. then you know, some of those people will get hired. It it will happen, but you can't if you're not even interviewing or if you're not even getting applicants, you have no chance right. of hiring someone. Right. right. And in order to um, get a more diverse group of candidates, I, I would uh, um, recommend that people just start with just looking at the skill sets they need for the job, you know, and, yeah. and just keep it simple and start with that. Like, these are the things that we need um, people to have. And you might want to filter out things um, such as a number of years experience, um, cause not everybody has had the opportunity to have, get a ton of experience in that field. Um, maybe certain universities. I know a lot of people like to go back to their alma mater all the time. And, um, maybe you have to kind of expand that base a little bit, um, or look into, you know, fields, you know, not everybody has to be from a field that not everybody had access to are little tweaks, Um, But you can still find great candidates, even with those sort of qualifiers. Yeah, like really just focusing on what is important in this job. And sometimes some of the things that you just like automatically always put on the the description, 
may not even be necessary. Do they have to have a college degree? That's what I was going to say. Like, there's lots of jobs that you probably don't need a college degree. We've just had this, like, college degree arms race. Mm -hmm. So now every role (laughs) has to have a college degree. But it probably doesn't. It doesn't. It it, it all comes down to the skills. What if they're just the most kick-ass social media person ever, but they didn't get a degree? Does that, why does that disqualify them? Why does that matter? Yeah, absolutely. I I totally agree. Um, And another area, and this is really difficult because it's unconscious bias. Mm -hmm. So it's, you're unconsciously doing this. But if you can try to remove unconscious bias from your descriptions, that can really help. Like sometimes it's just words that mm-hmm. you use, you know, competitive, aggressive, you know, whatever those tend to be more male words, or you might be using like, uh, you know, helping loyalty. Those tend to be more female words and you may not even realize you're doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, that's goes back to like, it's unconscious bias cause it's unconscious. Right. But if you can just try to, stop read it maybe have someone with a different perspective read mm-hmm. it see how does this job appeal to you across. you can ask them that question yeah and just try i think what you're really trying to do is just make it neutral you're right. not trying to make it male or female or white or black or anything you're trying to just make it a neutral description of what you need this person to do I, exactly and um like i said vetting it with other people is always a, a great way um, to do it, don't, again, fall back on, well, this this is how we found, you know, this person in the past. So let's just roll out that same job description. But one thing I would also add, too, is, you know, maybe you just add some sort of little part on there that if you're not an exact match, maybe you should apply anyway. If you have some of these skill sets, we would still like to talk to you. That might make it a little more welcoming. And it's kind of just... Um, in a way, kind of creating an invitation for people to apply that might not normally apply. They might, you know, see your company in a certain way based on, you know, just your past history, but that doesn't have to always be the the history going forward. Yeah. Or, um, sort of providing options. Like one thing we do, like our internal roles always says, you know, something like, you know, education, it's like bachelor's degree, associate's degree or equivalent experience. Like it's okay if you don't have a degree, Mm -hmm. if you have you know, some other kind of experience that qualifies you for the job, like, rather than just saying the degrees, and then someone could apply, because they, you know, are brave and say, well, I can do this job, whether I have the degree or not, Mm -hmm. we we give them the option, like, yes, we will consider you if you don't have it, we go ahead and say that, right, right. And you can find a lot of diamonds in the rough that way, too. Again, it's about, you know, something that fits your culture that has the skill sets, that has that, um, that raw talent, you could teach them, things that they might not have learned, you know, yeah. to, and customize it to even fit your company. So that alone could be a great asset. They're not bringing baggage from somewhere else yeah. um, and how they do things. You know, you get to teach them kind of from the ground up, which is, is kind of cool too. Yeah. So I guess the point of that is just like the language really matters. Mm-hmm. Everything from what the title of the job is to, you know, the description of the, the skills and the requirements and, and all of those things, just trying to make it as neutral as possible. Yeah. Neutral and um, inviting. I always like that yes. word just because, you know, a lot of people question, you know, the diversity within their organizations or their companies or things like that, or their groups or whatever. I mean, are you really inviting people to the table or um, are you just, you know, kind of making just a copy of everything that you've done in the past? So, you know, kind of making just that little bit of um, intentional, tweak I think could make a huge difference for a lot of people which is a great point to roll into looking for talent in other places because that's a lot about inviting Mm -hmm. it's back to what we said if you're always getting your candidates from referrals or you're always posting in the same places or you're always going back to certain universities 
yeah, it takes extra time and effort, but it's worth it because you are missing like a huge pool of people Mm -hmm. that could be fantastic for your company because you're not going out and inviting them in. Mm -hmm. And, and yes, you can say, oh, our doors are open to everyone, but you didn't go out and say like, our doors are open to everyone. And I want to put this job right here where you're going to see it because I want you to come in my door. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Not everyone, but you, someone, you know, at a different university or someone who's maybe going back into a second career or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you, how do you find and attract people who are in different circumstances and you have to look in different places for them. Right. And your network may be built of a lot of people that are just like you. Um, what happens if you just reach to that second tier, that second level of, you know, people or, do you know, you know, just, and, and you have to, you know, um, do this very strategically in a way too. So you might have to just say, Hey, I'm looking for somebody and, you know, just leave it, you know, really wide open. Um, and just kind of see what other people come up with. I mean, people, again, as we always say, love helping people. Um, but you got to start, you know, the momentum somewhere and it might be just reaching a little bit beyond your, your normal base. You know, again, with your, you always go back to your alma mater's website. You always go back to the same, you know, job postings at the same places at, at the same time, really sit down and think about where else can we put this? Who else can we talk to? Who else can, would possibly be able to refer me to somebody that is completely different? Yeah. And I think that that who else part, that's exactly the point. Cause it goes back to, you're not going out saying I am looking for a black woman for this job. Mm-hmm. You're going out and saying, I want a diverse pool of candidates and then we're going to pick the best, the best qualified person. But I want to look at a whole variety of people for the job. And, and so you're looking in a variety of places to find a variety of people. Exactly. You're not targeting, targeting a specific candidate particularly you know you're you're opening your pool wider yes and once you have done that and the resumes start coming in um you want to make sure that the people that are interviewing the candidates also have a little bit of diversity too because you know there's nothing uh, more daunting than if you are a female or I'll just use my own example. If you're female and you walk into an interview and it's, you know, people that are not even like you, you know, but if you see there's like one woman who's also interviewing, it's like, Oh, okay. Well they, they know how to talk to women. <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to keep, yeah. that makes me feel good. So I'm feeling invited. I'm feeling welcome. Um, so there's little strategies like that you can do too, that just kind of make it more inviting um, for not only people to apply, but to interview and to, when they interview, if they have a leave with a good feeling. Yeah. And so, you know, what if you're a company that has no diversity right now? Mm-hmm. And so you don't have anyone on your team who's diverse to interview this candidate. And so I think you can go a couple ways. One would be maybe you're working with a consultant or someone mm-hmm. else who can help you and who can sit in on interviews and, you know, ask some questions and, and share about the company. Another route is to be really honest, be like, Hey, we're all men in this company. And we looked around and realized like, we're kind of missing out. Mm -hmm. And so you, yes, you would be our first female employee, but we want that. Like we see that as a positive, like, please don't be scared away. (laughs) You know, we are interested in you. And I think if someone can see, you know, genuinely believes you're interested in them and that they are going to welcome you and you'll be part of the team you know, you're going to have to convince them. Mm -hmm. But the reality is 
you have to hire the first person to have the first person. Right, right. And and being honest and open with that candidate that they're a little bit, maybe even blazing the trail a little bit yeah. um, is huge. You right. know, so, you know, definitely be candid with that if that is, you know, the situation that you're in. Right. And and the, the other side of that, which we're not even like digging into today is then once you hire them, make sure they do feel included. Yes. That make they sure they feel, feel welcome. Like completely welcome and that you know you continue to hire more diverse candidates they're not the only one forever Mm -hmm. you know they can be the only one to begin with because someone has to be but you know you have to put your your money where your mouth is on it like you have to live up to that promise you told them as you'll feel welcome and you'll love it here make it come true yeah and i'd love to expand on that but i'm now feeling the need to do an entire podcast on that so uh, on the, gonna... it's really the inclusion you know we talk about diversity yes. inclusion that's the inclusion, that's the inclusion side. part of so that. this is the diversity side like how do you get a broader pool of candidates and start to to you know improve the mix of the people that work for your company then there's a whole piece how of to get them to hang around making them feel welcome <laughs> and stay yeah. exactly exactly um but you know while we're you know kind of jumping around all over the place the so one thing that we need to remember too is that diversity comes in a lot of different forms you know i think one of the most um, common areas that people think is gender and race but there are a lot of other um ways that you could add diversity to your team as well yeah, absolutely. There's, you know, like you said, gen- gender, race, there's things like political and religious affiliation, which mm-hmm. really, I mean, is fine. It doesn't really come into hiring. It shouldn't be part of questions you're asking right. or anything. So, you know, if you do a good job of broadening your pool, you'll just have a variety of thoughts and opinions that people have. But economics, you know, that can come into like mm-hmm. which universities you're going to or being open to kids who don't who didn't go to university who don't have a degree because like we said lots of jobs don't probably require it it's you know asked for but is it needed in the job um you know different family status disabilities or different abilities Mm -hmm. that people Mm -hmm. might have Mm -hmm. you know there's just so much variety age absolutely you know someone coming back as a second career or something like that maybe we have it's not like us maybe they're an entry-level employee because and they're 50 because it's a second career for right. them. Like that's a different kind of a candidate. Absolutely. Too. It's a different voice. It's a different perspective. You know, it's, it's all of that. And I know when we have had, you know, um, the d- different ranges like that of, of people being brought in, it was just not just, um, not only did it just feel good, it was actually kind of fun. It's because you learn so much about people and culture and, and things like that. I, I've always loved it. Yeah, it's it makes it makes your your team and your company so much better. It really does. It's worth the work. Um, so another thing is really valuing the journey that each candidate has, and this especially comes into the interview. Right. Like we often in our mind have kind of this path we think they should have taken mm-hmm. for this job because that was my path. But that was my example, path. You know? That was the path of the person you know of everybody here who left or whatever. And so we value stuff, you know, certain work successes or certain university you went to or that kind of thing, certain companies you worked at. But every candidate has a a value path. Mm -hmm. It just might look a little different. And if you can look at basically what do they have to offer and not be trying to compare it so hard to this like perfect version you have in your head. Right. 
let's say, for example, you know, you, you look for that person who got through school in four years, but, you know, what if it took them longer because of financial reasons right. or because, What you if know, they also worked full-time while right. they were going to school? And it took that them, shows a lot of... Maybe it took them eight years to finally get that degree. I mean, yeah. that should not be held against them. I mean, I think that's actually kind of exciting. They're, that's they're scrappy and very they're resourceful. Very impressive. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, you know, look at, you know, things for resiliency or, you know, making a comeback in some way. You know, maybe there was a break in their... Um, career but it might have been based on an illness or again they ran into some sort of poverty or whatever i mean all those things are super important so if you're looking for that cookie cutter sort of employee there's a lot to be there's a whole different world that you can open up and a lot to be said for people that have a little more of an interesting journey that is completely different than your own yeah absolutely i think just you know seeing what their what their history and their story is and and what value that brings, regardless if it totally matches to your previous employee or your own or whatever. Everybody is bringing something interesting to the table. You just have to look for it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And there's um, other things that you can do, too, that, you know, if you feel that there might be, you know, some sort of bias in some way, and that is, you know, maybe have your HR department or somebody present you resumes that have the name removed. I mean, I am always hugely embarrassed, and I will be completely truthful here when I can't pronounce somebody's name, but I hate for it to be a deterrent for somebody to say, I don't want to hire this person because every day I will be embarrassed uh, because I can't say that person's name. Trust me, after a while, you get it. And you're like, why did I have such a hard time with this? Um, But it's it's something that we have found that, you know, people will kind of shy away from. And I mean, for me too, it's just like, oh, I hope they have a nickname or something because this is just... A There's lot. so much research about there it. There is, it just but I'm sure they have as much happens. issue with my name, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you think it's so easy, and I'm sure they think the same way. Yeah. Um, but yet, if you, if you find that that tends to be a deterrent, and like I said, you know, people gravitate to where they're comfortable, um, if that's the one uncomfortable part, maybe start looking at resumes without names on them. Yeah, that's, that's a, a really, um, you know, strongly researched and proven, Mm -hmm. you know, thing. And it's easy. Like you said, maybe whoever is receiving all the resumes just takes all the names off. And then the committee or manager, whoever's Mm -hmm. reviewing them, just sees them all without names. It's not, and you're not saying like, oh, I think you're a racist. So I took all the (laughs) names off. You're just saying, this is how we do it now. Yeah. Here's a bunch of research that proves why it matters. And we're just going to do it this way. It doesn't hurt you in any way. Either, you know, whether their name is on there or not does not, hinder your experience of reviewing their resume right and so we're just going to do it that way now yeah and, and that that will be fine and it, is, it is something that's really kind of inherently in us too so i don't want people to feel like again like oh my god i'm a racist because i whatever um there was that great study and i'm sure you heard something about it too where they um, were trying to um, interview people for some sort of um, symphony or something yeah. and they put people behind a screen so they could play the music so they couldn't tell if it was a man or a woman playing the music because they were finding that you know, they but for they never reason, had any female uh, musicians. Okay, is that what it was? Yeah. And they were finding, too, that they had to eventually have people remove their shoes because they could tell by the shoes when they walked into the room whether or not that was a male or a female, which I was like, oh, my God. And, but yeah. it's it's just interesting just uh, as humans how we kind of, you know, filter out, you know, people to just th- – we, we pick people based on our comfort level, whether it's intentional or not. I'm, I'm going to mm-hmm. go with not. Yeah. Um, but just how we just kind of – stack each other up based on that so yeah if if that is a very honest hindrance for you um take it off yeah and what's so interesting about that that research i heard something more about it recently is like 
they didn't want to discriminate. Like they right, were trying, they you know, clearly opening, they went to open this. Open hearts like, going into this. Yeah, they went to this extra <laughs> effort to try to say like, we would like more female musicians. Like they were trying to do the right thing, but um, they would, they would feel the style of the playing was more masculine or feminine Isn't or whatever. Crazy? It was just so inherent. Like I'm not, that level of musician so I don't maybe totally understand it but it was so inherent in them that it affected the way they experienced the music wow which is so crazy like they weren't thinking about it it just science here was like yeah (laughs) it was just like how it fired their neurons or whatever and um so yeah just removing that so that they didn't know then they would just be like that person is the best violin player and whatever they look like is what they look like you know it didn't matter but it helped them just take away biases they didn't even know they had, mm-hmm. which is so interesting. And so another um, tool that people use is is just using a very standard evaluation system. Mm-hmm. So maybe you line up all the required skills and, um, you know, education or whatever is required. And then you rate each person on, you know, these 10 points. And then, so you're really looking at like, a sc- how did they score? Mm-hmm. Not, you know, did I like them? Right. Which is often how we choose people. Did I like them? Right. Would I want to hang out with them all day? Right. You know, do, would I want to get a beer with that guy? Um, so when you're using like evaluation tools, it's much more about the facts. Like, yes, they do have the experience we need. They do have the software we need. They're an expert in this, which is required. They're missing this, which is, you know required or whatever it's just much more fact-based mm-hmm. and takes away the, a lot of the feelings right <laughs> right which you know we can't control those you know um but we can um train ourselves a little bit better so some of those you know things that make us a little unsure or uncomfortable that they start going away yeah. but it's, it's just not a, a space that a lot of people venture into and you know if it's anything like you and I starting this business you make up everything as you go along so there's never a, a bad time to learn something new or to enhance a, a talent or skill that you might have and and just keep getting better at hiring and getting better at everything else yeah and it is um like you said I think most people want to do the right thing they're trying to be good people this stuff is just so deeply wired mm-hmm. from your background and your childhood and where you grew up and all, all kinds of different factors that we can't control. So you have to take the extra effort to learn and train yourself on like these practices that help make the hiring process more even and going out and looking for people in different places. You just have to do the extra work. Yeah. The one other thing that I'm going to add too is, um, if you find that you're getting a bunch of resumes and you've done all this homework, you've interviewed diverse candidates and things like that, and you end up picking one, I won't, I'll leave it up to you to who you've chosen. But if you find that you've met somebody that you think would be great at, at somebody else's company or in another company, you know, refer them. I mean, those sort of yeah. referrals are huge. And in a lot of cases, at least with the people I've talked to, that they got their in based on somebody else submitting the resume. And, Every time, regardless of whatever color or, you know, shape, size, gender, those referrals are huge. Yes. And they they will really help you get into the job. So if you see somebody that, you know, you can't hire. Right. Maybe they're your runner up. Absolutely. They were great, too. Great. But but, you hired someone else pass them on to, to a, another business that maybe can use them. Right. That moves them up to the top of the list, not only just to be looked at, but to be interviewed. And you can feel good knowing that that was your part in creating a, diver- a more diversity in a company. 
Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us at Illumination Bureau. We hope that you have gained something by listening today. Illumination Bureau was brought to you by Portfolio Creative. You can find out more about Portfolio Creative at PortfolioCreative.com. If you have a topic that you want to hear about, don't hesitate to send us an email at questions at PortfolioCreative.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate and review it, or share it with a friend.